Owl Nation. Stand up. Happy Friday, Owl Nation. April 1st, All or Nothing Podcast. Chris Lynn, Jay Turiano, Ken Sweeten. Very special guest we're going to hold off on announcing. But it's glad to, I'm glad to be back. Long time. It's been yeah, a long has, time. It has been a while. And we got kind of... Uh, Got a little busy here. We did get really busy. CSU Athletics. Unbelievably busy, which is which leads us into, normally we do our uh, pre-podcast talk about what's going on in the world, but we have so much happening, we have to just get right into Southern stuff. Yeah, we're getting down to the end of the year. Yeah, we yeah. got, uh, we got what, April 6th, National Student Athlete Day, mm-hmm. recognizing all of our, our student athletes for all their hard work in the classroom. Sponsored by Cilantro. Yep. Cilantro. Thank you, Cilantro. I delicious can't wait for food. that spread. Yeah, it's going to be great. delicious. They've been a great partner all year. It's going to be awesome. And then um, I think the next day is the very next day. Yeah, next day. Super Coffee. Really looking forward to the, the Super Cocoa Coffee. The Brothers. Event. Yep. Which is they're coming in to speak to our student athletes um, about sort of their journey of um, just their rise in, in the in the world of Super Coffee, how they have they started in a dorm room making coffee, and now they've risen to one of the top three Bottled coffee companies in the United States of America. Amazing story. Grossing an unbelievable amount of money. And they're the nephews of our own Dr. Sharon Masasi, who's a huge, huge supporter of Southern Athletics. Awesome woman. If you've ever gotten the chance to meet her, if you haven't, she's she's one of the best. She's I think she comes to every football game, every basketball game. She's she's fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Super Coffee event. Yeah. I actually ordered some Super Coffee. I can't wait to taste did it. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I can't wait to have it, and uh, looking forward to the event. That sounds like, how much did you order? Can I have one? I just, I ordered, just order my own, seriously. Yeah. Support, right? This place pays me enough. I should be able to order my own coffee, right? <laughs> no, that's going to be a great that's event. That's a joke. They great don't. opportunity for student-athletes to hear some, some great entrepreneurial stories, and, and hosted by our men's basketball head coach, Scott Burrell, yeah. and and SMY anchor and uh, reporter Janae Coakley. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's going to be a fantastic event. Like I said, I, I were our stu- I think all of our student athletes should get a lot out of that. So Absolutely, it'll be, it'll be awesome. And then uh, um, a great day to fly. Is that that's a great day to fly? May second, can't which wait. Which is um, it's going to be an awesome day for us. It's going to be busy running around from event to event, but for our student athletes, I think from top to bottom, it's going to be um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, Monday, May second, we have the uh, uh, we have uh, the athletic directors networking event for for juniors and seniors, yep. and, and uh, that'll be a great opportunity for some of our our current student athletes to meet some of our former student athletes, right. and those people have had great success in the professional workspace. Are going to come back and talk to our student athletes and, and kind of uh, let them see, but also hear, uh, you know, what Southern did for them and, and where they are now. And then we have the first ever. I'm I'm pumped for it. The Owl Awards. It's going to be awesome that night. It is yeah, be I can't fun. wait for that. Chris, you're emceeing the event, and I'll be outside for the red carpet awards. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous after the latest Oscars fiasco. I don't want anybody running up on stage smacking me. Yeah, they ruined my, gonna, ruined my surprise. <laughs> not going to happen to me. I've, I may be out on this. I one. think you'll be all oh, right. Good. All right. I okay. think you'll be all right. That's not the Owl way. I, I want you to keep it. in mind that it could happen for anybody. Okay. Well, I'm quick. I can. I'll dodge some smacks. But, but first, I'm, I'm geeked about it. That it is going to be awesome. I'm so much. I'm pumped to have it. But that. Um. But that event uh, is going to be spectacular. It's yeah. going to be a gala style event. Uh, everybody, you know, is encouraged to dress to the nines, dress yeah. to impress, so to speak. And and we're going to have a lot of fun uh, with that event. Uh, first class operation. Where yeah. We're going to try and put on a great show for our student athletes. But the first event of that day, um, is the freshman <clears throat> sophomore meetup. 
Yep. Uh, this, another social event with Janae Coakley once yep. again coming back, and it's it's just an event where uh, just want to mingle with the the freshman sure. student athletes and, and keep them engaged and see the type of um, offerings that Southern Connecticut has for them. Sure. And I'll let you bring in our guest on that note. Yeah. We'll also be speaking at that event that day. Legend. And we're, we are, outside of that event, we are stoked to have him here with us right now in the same room. Very excited Because you, interview. if you come to Southern, you're known for soccer. You're known for men's soccer. That's what you're known for. We talked about this the other day in, in a staff meeting. I said, our brand is built on men's soccer. Like, yep. you can go to anybody and be like, Southern Connect, like, oh, men's soccer. You have a great men's soccer program. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because, mainly because of the gentleman sitting in the room with us, Coach Ray Reed. And just some of his, I'm going to read off a couple stats because they're actually <laughs> unbelievable when you think about this. A lot of good stats. Do we have here, enough coach? time to, a lot to go of good through? Stats. I'm gonna, go through all of them? So if I screw, Coach Reed, please forgive me if I screw something up or I'm wrong. There's, I started to type out this thing and it got to like like four pages and I had to stop. It was, it was Hopefully unbelievable. you didn't use Wikipedia. I did not. <laughs> he is the, um, as of 2019, so he's obviously coached after that, but he was the NCAA's third winningest active coach at the conclusion of 2019, which is unbelievable. That's so impressive. Four national champions, right, championships, and that's as a head coach, correct? Yes. Eight national semifinals. 18 NCAA tournament appearances, nine conference ti- regular season titles, four conference tournament titles, four-time national coach of the year. 15 straight NCAA tournament appearances? 18. 18. 18. 18. I, 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 I said 18. And it all started here at Southern Connecticut State University. Coach Reed, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're pumped to have you. You guys, if you're ecstatic, you have me. You must be very desperate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> The people that preceded you here wanted me out of the building right away in 1996. <laughs> I hope Coach Lang's not listening. Is he one of those oh, people I, I wanted no, to go no, Tommy. Oh, okay. All right, good. Uh, it's my pleasure. I I, uh, I said to Ken before, and uh, this is my home. I went to school here. I got two masters here. I played here, coached here, and coming back here, uh, it's my home, and it's got a great place in my heart. I've had to do it all over again. I do it the same way. Yeah, we're, we're like I said, you're – you, Coach DeCranian, are pretty much what have put Southern Connecticut State University on the map in terms of collegiate athletics. Uh, Tommy Lang went back to yep, back. Yeah, him too. Credit. Uh, we already did our podcast with him. We don't yeah. have to talk about him anymore. Yeah, we already got Coach Lang <laughs> twice. <laughs> we did it twice with Coach Lang. Trivia, trivia question. Tommy Lang, when I was in 10th grade, coached me at a Delphi sock camp when he was probably <sighs> graduating at Delphi. Wow. He's got to be 80, 85. <laughs> Look at my notes, Coach. Now, he, now he, stops, he stops smoking, so he looks more like he, 79. He, he so does. I, I had this in my notes, this story. So I heard you guys won the championship, though. Coach Lang said he led you to the championship, oh, yeah. or did you lead him to no, the championship? No, he, he led us. He led yeah. you? And then I worked with him when I was here, I think. I worked with him on the regional. He was the head coach. I was his assistant, I don't know, maybe like 88 to 95. We did the 13s, and we did, we traveled a lot to 16s, traveled the world. Was that ODP? Yeah, the regional. The state teams, they picked for a regional pool. Mm-hmm. We would pick our age group, and then we'd have them at Christmas and maybe spring break, a couple events you get them. And I, Tommy's a great guy. He's done a great job here. So just some more some more accolades, especially in terms of, of, of us here at Southern Connecticut. Um, six regular season titles, seven conference tournament championships, and six trips to the NCAA Division II Final Four including one one each in your last five years here, which is awesome. And then 
you only lost 10 games from 1990 to 1996 for the record of, yeah, I laugh because it's crazy. Yeah. 132, 10, and 14. You tied more games than you lost. We had a lot of great players, and I, I mean, we had a lot of great players. You know, we were we were getting three you know, big games, three, four thousand paid people. Back then, they charged. Yeah. Were, and I went to scholarships, and uh, we had some good players. I mean, I remember some great games here. Now, we're going to talk for a little while, but the 87 and 90 team will get together yep. in, a f- in a month, and uh, we had some great games here and exciting games. Yeah. You know, 30 years ago. It's awesome. So it's, it's great to have you in here with us. And um, going back to what Ken talked about, it's going to be great to have you speak with um, our freshman and sophomore kids, student athletes, on, on May 2nd. Um, are you, give us a little insight into that. What do you, how do you yeah. feel about us bringing you back here? Um, to, look, well, no. I want to be, I want to be asked to come back and be the commencement speaker. And <laughs> yes. All my friends in Long Island, my Brentwood <laughs> guys, I want to tell them I, I was the commencement, got an honorary doctorate award. Hey, we can make, maybe we can make that happen for them. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I would love to do that someday. But I'm thrilled that uh, Chris Walker invited me back. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm going to say this to the kids that day. I thought about this driving here. I don't know when it was. I think I was the assistant coach. It was the 80s. And what is your weight room now? was the wrestling room. Mm-hmm. And the athletic department brought it in conjunction. This gentleman that had a problem, I'll say who it was in a minute, had a cocaine problem and wound up soup, selling a soup bowl ring. And he came in and speak, spoke to us. And I don't know if I was a player or an assistant, but I was very young. They brought in Mercury Morris from the Dow- Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He was in the backfield, I believe, with, Jim Zonk- uh, with Larry Zonker, Jim Kick, when Shula went undefeated. Okay. And this guy could run like there was no tomorrow. And he had lost it all. He sold his ring, lost everything. And I don't again. I don't remember if I was still playing here. I just started being an assistant. But I'm going to share that with the, you know, the, the student athletes that day that I sat in the seats they sit in now, you know, 35 years ago, 40 years ago now, 1980, 81. Uh, and how many, how many success stories have come out of this, not out of this campus. I'm sure, but just out of this building. Sure. Your football with Nick Nicolau, Kevin Gilbride. Yep. They can go on forever. And that was basketball. Uh, it's been a great place. You know, yeah. Great, great, great athletic directors, great people. And uh, I'm honored that Chris asked me back. Yeah, and I think our student athletes are going to love hearing from you. I, th- I really do. And it's and Jay can speak to this and, and Ken slightly, but the thing, and I think I've met you a handful of times. I've, I don't think we've ever had the pleasure of really having a conversation uh, until today. But the thing that stood out to me was you love this place. Yeah. Like, you, you were just at UConn, which it's, you know, that's the cream of the crop in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just sat here a couple minutes ago in your exact words. Like, if you could do this all over again, you would do the exact same way. Yeah, I'm very, I mean, look, Coach Decranian did a lot for me. My, my, certainly my parents did, but Coach Decranian did a lot for me. And uh, this place was fantastic to me. It was a great opportunity, great experience. I was surrounded, you know, when I played, when I played, I was surrounded with very good players. And obviously, Coach Crane is one of the best coaches to ever coach college soccer. And uh, I would, I'm very fortunate. I would, yeah. do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'll tell you a funny story. We have, we have like 30-something guys either that played at Southern or coached at Southern or played at UConn or coached at UConn. 30-something guys coaching right now. You know, 10 sitting Division One head coaches. Uh, we got guys in the MLS, scouts. And it's funny, like, the younger assistants the last few years that are trying to get jobs would be at the convention, and 
a guy would walk up and say, oh, well, you're set. You're part of the Southern Mafia. <laughs> yeah. How, how proud are you of that coaching tree? Yeah, I'm real proud of that. We have Wake yeah. Forest. Wake Forest played here. NC State played here. I don't know how it happened, but Dartmouth played here. <laughs> and Columbia played here. <laughs> Kevin Anderson and Bo Shoney. George Kiefer at NC State. Bobby Muse at Wake. Uh, and just let me think for a second. We got more than that from here. Uh, Chris De Silva now is with Capelli. He was with U.S. Soccer as the chief scout. Brian Bliss played for Coach the Cranian. Brian played in two World Cups, 10 years in the MLS. He's the lead scout. He's Peter Vermey's right-hand man at Sporting KC in MLS. Mike Pecky has been the head coach at uh, Metro Stars and Real Salt Lake. Great player, played for me here. Um, just just act, act, Tommy Poitras was at Hartford. Right. Now he's the head coach at Northern Kentucky. Uh, Dave Anderson was the head coach at Southern New Hampshire. Uh, you know, we have some UConn guys also in there, but yeah, that's to me, that's the best thing is, is that we, and, and it makes you feel good when a guy says, Oh, you're not in the Southern Mafia, you're not going to get this job. Chris Payne, Chris Payne's turning on assumption. Yep. Now he's at some school in Ohio, like some small Jim O'Brien was here. He was, a, he, was Jimmy, he was the founder of our women's soccer women. program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it Fairfield? Yep. Now he's the assistant of Stony Brook. Brook yep. Uh, he was my wedding, my one of my best friends. I lived with him for four, uh, two years. He came in late. Um, yeah, but we have a lot of guys to, from UConn, two assistants at Drexel. Uh, so we got, we got a lot of the, guys in the game. We, we talked about this with Coach Lang, and I, I know we've talked about this on other podcasts, but it's funny whenever we play an opposing team or we I'm doing something about soccer and you read the, about their coaches, somehow, some way, someone on a staff is always connected back to Southern Connecticut. I think really? it's crazy. Like... Just the amount, like you said, the coaching tree that just expands. I was I was going to print it off and read it, and I, it was just too many pages. It's never ended. <laughs> yeah. It's a big PDF. That's a credit to Coach Crane yeah. because he's the one who started. He's a brilliant coach. He's a, he was a brilliant leader. He affected me in such a positive way. He put together very diverse teams in the 70s when that was not the end thing to be yep. doing. So mm-hmm. He did it. He led the way. Um, this place was you saw them was blessed to have him, and I was blessed to work for him and learn from him and play for him. What was the best thing that you learned from Coach DeGrania? Persistence, you know, tenacity, perfection. You know, he he was 87. We won it all. We did a session. They, I don't think we weren't playing here. We were playing in North Haven because we were building a stadium, but we, okay. we, must have, we must have had a grass field out there. In the back, we did a training session. It didn't come out good. And he was steamed. The team was good. It was mid-season, so he brings them all in and says, "Okay, nine thirty tonight. Be back when the gym closes. We're going to redo the session inside." The guys are looking at him. <laughs> and we went back inside for two hours and redid the session to midnight and got it right. And then the other one, when I played, he had a kid, Jerry Montgomery, up front. Came off the bench as a striker. And one game, you know, he came off the bench and he ran in the box, didn't run in the <coughs> box. Balls came across the face, goal, didn't run in the box. So the next day of training, or two days later at the end of practice, he asked us, well, to bring our cars up around the field. So we bring our cars up and put our lights around the goal area. And he puts us there and he has us start crossing balls and Jerry run near post, run back post, go back, tag a guy, run near post. 20 minutes. I mean, Jerry's like tongue, and Jerry wasn't like a coachable guy. Jerry's tongue is hanging; he's livid. <laughs> two nights later, we played Springfield. We won two nothing. Jerry came off the bench and scored both goals, running near post. Mm. Persistence. He was brilliant. Coach the Crane is a brilliant guy. 
So you, you just mentioned the 87 team. Um, that segues sort of into the, the next event that you are spearheading, really. And it's the uh, it's the dinner that's um, for the John DeBrito Foundation, John and Pedro DeBrito Foundation scholarship. John yeah, DeBrito for the John DeBrito scholarship. Sorry, and that's uh, on May twelfth, and um, it's going to benefit men's soccer and hopefully an endowed scholarship here. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, let me clear one thing though. I'm I'm helping, but certainly Gary Cronin from Wallingford started eighty seven and ninety. Came in with John, mm-hmm. left with John. Started four years defensive MVP freshman year when John was the after MVP in the final four. Wow. Gary, Dave Anderson, starting center back on the 87 team, was a junior in Florida. Kevin Anderson, coach of Columbia. I mean, to name a few, these guys have, we have a committee about 15. Kelly Fresnelli's on it. Yep. Um, but those guys have done a lot of work. I'm, I'm involved, but they're, they're, they're key participants. And yeah, we, we, we want to endow a scholarship in John's name. You know, at the discretion of Chris and Tommy Lang to be awarded, I believe, the interest of how that works. Mm-hmm. And our idea is to do a dinner this year, golf tournament next year, dinner the year after, golf on and off. It's going to be May 12th at Arias in Prospect. If you want information, uh, John and Pedro com, or they can email me at Ray Reed. It's one word, Ray Reed UC at yahoo.com. Or call me, 860-922-1110. Only call about the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, ex, no ex-girlfriend. Wow, that was, that that was bold of you right there to put That's that number awesome. on there. I'm going to save it in my book right now. Saving but, it. But we, we have another, it's May 12th. You know, uh, John's sisters will be there. Johnny's mother will be there. John's brother Pedro passed away a few years ago. His dad died right after that, and then Johnny passed away. But we want we want to make sure Johnny's... Uh, Remember, Coach Lang's been fantastic, been very flexible, helping us, him and uh, his assistant, Sean, uh, Sean O'Brien. O'Brien. Yep. Uh, so we're trying to, we're hoping to raise a good amount of money and uh, start an endowed scholarship and then build on that. So it'll become some serious money eventually where it can make a difference in a kid's life. That's awesome. So so like you before, um, I brought up how, about how Southern's affected you. And, and me and Jay, we both graduated from here. I'm going to start my 19th year here at Southern, and I'm 40 years old, about 40 years old. So I've spent half of my adult life here, and I bleed Southern Blue. I absolutely love this place, and I am so excited for this dinner. You can't, you can't fathom because I'm going to get to meet people that they feel the same way that I do. Right. Um, you know, they bleed Southern Blue. They've they've impacted the, the the climate of Southern athletics, and they've impacted our our brand across everything. And I, I'm really excited <coughs> for this dinner just to get to meet some people that um, have had such an impact on, on the athletic department. Yeah, we, we, we've had a pretty good response of guys coming back. You never know till they show up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're excited. You know, Johnny was on the 87 team, that won, the first national championship in men's soccer. We went, to, I think, 17, 1, and 3. Johnny was a sophomore in 88. I was the assistant on those two teams. I became the hand coach in 89. And then 90, Johnny senior year, we won it. We went 22, 1, and John was first team All-American, a captain. Uh, and Gary was a captain. Gary was also a key player. So those both teams are coming back. And then you know, they were back. They were induct, uh, inducted, I think, years ago into the Hall of Fame. Um, and I'm, the, I'm sure there'll be some guys that played with me coming in. Kevin Anderson played on the start of captain of the 92 championship team. He's involved. Krista Silva's coming in. Sherwin Mullins, Gilly Okaima, Gary Collins, Bo Oshone. Uh, Bo's on the committee. Bo's the Dartmouth coach. He's been helping us big time. So we're going to have a lot of players back, you know. And then I believe, you know, Tommy 
and uh, Sean have been working on Tommy's era, mm-hmm. getting those guys back as well, which are important guys. So we're excited. We're excited to have these guys get back. Nikki Booth. I think it's. I think it speaks to that closeness of of that the, the coaching tree that, that you spoke about before, but also that that Southern Connecticut tree. And you, you mentioned right out of the gate, and it speaks to to who John DeBrito was. That fifteen people stepped up right away, and the people that you're naming that are coming back, and you're going to have a great organization around uh, supporting their foundation at, at this dinner, I think speaks to your program, the work that you, Coach DeCraney and Coach Lang, have done over the years, and just him as a person, uh, John DeBrito. I, I, I met him once when we were doing the Hall of Fame stuff, and uh, I, I took him to be a very humble individual. He was very appreciative of, of where he was and, and very emotional about it, but he was he told some great stories to me. He's uh, a, this guy was the best. This guy, This guy was a great player. And he made the worst plays on the team feel special. And when he played with them, he was great, great basketball player. You know, great basketball player, great athlete. I remember we won in '87. This is no joke. And he's in the hotel lobby, moonwalking like Michael Jackson, just like him. He looked. <laughs> he was like smooth. Him. Just oh my god, smooth. <laughs> he had a lot of friends, a lot of friends, Johnny. But he, he great player. His senior year, Tuesday night, last game of the year, we did senior night. We don't even know if we had a senior night, but if we did it, we did it on Saturday before. So Tuesday night, we playing Bridgeport. We're both undefeated in the league. We're undefeated overall his senior year. And then Friday is the conference semi. Sunday's the finals. I think they're here. I think we want well, – well, the winner of Tuesday night would host it maybe, regular season. Us in Bridgeport, we got to play in Bridgeport three times and play them then against your tournament. Regular season and conference final. And so, so Johnny comes in like 4 o'clock and he's talking to me and he's got like 102 fever. So I said, look, rest. we're going to rest you tonight. You know, you can't get sicker and be out for the weekend. So John Dealey, my assistant, comes in later on and he was in the locker room. He says, DeBrito's livid. He's in tears down there. What's he livid about? You're not playing him. He said, he's got 102 fever. We got the conference tournament three days. I said, bring him up. Can you play? I'll play. Beat him one nothing. Sean Stokes had a big time goal. He set the goal up. Hundred and two fever. Hundred and two. Awesome. Was that the best team? Best championship team? The ninety team? I'm gonna take a line. I watched Mike Shashevsky this week. <laughs> there <laughs> you asked, go. They asked him and he said it's like picking against your grandchildren. Yep. I love it. I was involved with four championships. He won as an assistant and three. And the only thing that matters is they all won the last game. Right. So they're all equal. Right. I had another follow-up, but I guess that, that kind of answers it. I want to know if the 90 team could have competed or beat your 2000 UConn team. That thing, that team would have went, that game would have went four overtimes, 15 minutes, 0-0. <laughs> okay. And one team would have won 10-9 on penalty kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that answer. I, re- I remember he was, when I when I met John, we were doing a Hall of Fame video. Yeah. And we were, I was interviewing him, and I, and I said to him, let's talk about the 1990 team. And he said, we were so hung up on the year before when we showed up for camp in 90, it was all business. We, he, he said there was like a quiet, like it was an unspoken thing in the locker room. We, we were there to, to, to get down to business. That team was talented. We, we lost the year before in the first round. Mercy came up. A lot of Irish kids. God is my judge. And they all worked in bars. They'd worked the night before to like 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and came up from Dobbs Ferry. One one tie, and they beat us on penalties. Uh. The last penalty we took literally went out almost for a throw-in. It was such, not, not no disrespect to Mercy, 
And our team wasn't, we were talented, but it was my first year. I did not do a good job with the group. We were 14-7-1. I did not do a good job with the group. Um, but the, the Brito, Tezema, Gary Cronin, Walt Juniors, they were livid. You know, Mickey Booth was a freshman. You know, Anthony Vaughn was a senior. You know, they were, guys were pissed off. And then they came back in 90 very focused. Very focused. And they got it done. They got it done. So they beat, they beat Boston College 6-0. Boston College won the Big East. Princeton won the Ivy. They beat Princeton 4-0. Mm. They, had, they had the big cojones. That's awesome. <laughs> so this is a question we ask a lot of our student athletes when we have them on here. And you were a student athlete. Why did you choose Southern? Like when you were, you transferred yeah, in, correct? I went to junior college for a year, Suffolk. Mm-hmm. I was very, a uh, great deal of respect for John Dealey, who was everything along soccer. And John came, he was a year older than me. He had been here two years. Mike Galgo, one of my closest friends from my hometown, was here as a freshman when I was staying at junior college. Uh, and then coached the cranial. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, I wanted to be in a soccer environment. You know, I wanted to be challenged, you know, pushed. And uh, Coach DeCranian, John Dealey, those, you know, we played, played, with, you know, played with some big-time players even back then, you know, and I wanted to play in the postseason. I didn't want to go to any schools. That, mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to play meaningful games, and we played. We used to play back at the back here. They have a rope. We play, played New Haven in one game at the Final Four, I believe. We played Bridgeport once. I don't know who the third year was. But they'd put these the little sticks in with ropes, with comedy <laughs> stuff. But they'd be like six deep for these for the playoff games, you know. And everybody was drinking. And they were drinking on the side. No one cared back then, you know. And you'd play there, and there were always one goal game. They were unbelievable games. I mean, unbelievable games. Uh, they're etched in my mind now. I, I can see the goal against New Haven. Ronnie Bizzle got the goal my junior year, and we hosted at Yale that year. And then my senior year, we beat Bridgeport. I think Sammy Joseph got, we think we beat him by two. And then it was different that year. With the, there was no Final Four. We went to St. Louis and played Umsel in the semis and beat them 2-1. Johnny Sousa and Joe Barossa got the goal. Barossa was a freshman, got the winning goal. Came back and then went down to Miami, played at 1 o'clock against FIU, and we lost 2-1, but it was men against boys. I mean, they were good. They were real good. Um, so I was fortunate. I, I, got to, I played my freshman year in the Final Four at junior college. And then three years here in the final four, and and let the last year, you know, was the first year we made the final game ever at the play at, at Southern Connecticut, which meant a lot to me. I was a cap my junior and senior year here, it meant a lot to me that we did that, you know. And uh, the, the place is like, you know, look, I was lucky as a student and as an assistant, get to watch Kevin Gilroy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Richie Cavanaugh, Audie Leary, Haby Grossfeld, yeah. I mean, these guys, and Coach Lacranian, these guys were legends, you know, legends of the games, the sports, and all the NFL guys that came who had played for Coach Gilbert and Coach Pasqualoni and Coach Cavanaugh. So, you know, yeah, I would do it the same way. I'm very, I I love Southern Connecticut. They still love it, you know. And, and now that I've, you know, stepped down from coaching at UConn, I got more time. I'm getting, you know, when I left Southern, obviously I was so busy with UConn. You know, but I also did not want my shadow here with Coach Lang. You know, I, I came down. We played them probably three or four spring games. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Brems transferred to us, and Tommy helped us. Yeah. So we came down and watched Sebastian three times. 
But I would say from 96 to December in 21, I wasn't on this campus 10 times because I just wanted to give him space and didn't matter my opinion, and nor should it. You know, so it's nice to be a little bit more back, not involved with the soccer team, but back seeing people and meeting people and meeting new faces. And, you know, I drove in, I drove by my old house on Blake Street, and it's just a great feeling. You know, it's a great feeling. I lived in one place for four years. Looks like maybe it's not quite as nice as it was. <laughs> <laughs> I came home one day. We lived, we lived, it was four, four and three, and there was like two floor, one floor soccer players and then two floor lacrosse players. Like this, like two weeks from now, from now, end of April. Lacrosse then was a men's sport, was a club. Three crazy lacrosse guys live upstairs. I'm walking down Fitch Street, and I'm like three or four, three or four houses from getting to Fitch and Blake, and then I was the second house yep. behind the little mini mart. And I hear Jay Giles loud, and these guys like Jay Giles, the lacrosse guys. I hear it loud. I turn the corner, and there's a mob, and our front lawn is the size of this office, and there's a mob <laughs> on the front lawn. I get to the front lawn. What was there is gone, and they're roasting a pig. <laughs> <laughs> roasting a pig on the front lawn. I've always wanted to try one of those. And I said, I said to the lacrosse guy, yeah. and they had no coach. Right. They had like an, an advisor. Right. No practice today? He goes, no, we, we cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Southern Connecticut. I love it. I love that's it. That's great. So I feel bad because I'm dominating a lot of the questions because this is so fascinating. Like, it's awesome. Um how did your time coaching here, because we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your time at UConn. I know this is a southern podcast, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your time at UConn. How did your time here prepare you for your time at UConn? Well, I followed a legend here in Coach Cranian. Mm-hmm. I followed a legend there in Coach Maroney. Um, we had very good players here, so I learned from Coach Cranian how to put a team together, how to recruit a team, what you looked for in a player. Um you know, we were starting to do a little bit of fundraising and stuff, so you learned that here, mm-hmm. which helped up there for sure. You know, dealing with players. We didn't have a big staff here. I always say, I used to say to my AD at UConn, Lou Perkins and Jeff Hathaway, two things. You should send guys back every summer to make them work two weeks at where they came from <laughs> so they appreciate what UConn has. And number two, I would pick guys from D3 and D2 because I've learned how to do more with less you don't need any spoiled brats coming from other leagues where everything's been put in their mouth. Mm. This place, you learn to do it all. You know, you're the general manager. When you're you know, as the head coach, you're the general manager, you're the director of player personnel. Yeah. You're the fundraiser. You're the head coach. God rest his soul, Sully. Don't get me wrong. You're also involved with the, <laughs> involved with the equipment man a little bit. Yep. Trying to massage Sully yep. with the sports psychology <laughs> of Bill Sullivan. <laughs> Who was great to us, by the way. Was a great soccer supporter and a great fan and a good friend of mine and was taking much too early. Yep. But we had to learn to navigate Sully and, you know. Yeah. You, you got you got one field and one gym for 22 coaches that want to raise money and right. coach. So you got to kind of massage that whole deal, which I'm sure you guys still do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, to this day. Yeah. Was was there a moment when you, f- when you first left here and got to UConn where maybe you were sitting in an office and you're like, I don't know if I made the right decision. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No joke. So the first year, the Big East, you'd play Friday, Sunday. So we're on, we're, we're like 0-6 to start to leave. 0-4, and we go to play Pittsburgh, who's terrible at that point, and West Virginia. And well, you know, we so we're 0-4 in the league, and we might be, I don't know, we might have been 3-4, and 3-6, I don't know. We lose both games like in double overtime where we just shoot ourselves in the floor. We're not very good. But we're hanging around. The game's a tough golden goal. 
Guy gets kicked out stupidly in West Virginia. Both places we play a man down. We probably had six red cards in 25 years. We probably had five of them that year. Oh, jeez. So we get to the airport in Pittsburgh, and John Dealey's with me. And I'll kind of paraphrase this since we're on the (laughs) (laughs) Why the blank did you let me leave Southern Connecticut? Am I an idiot to leave Southern Connecticut for this mess? We had won the championship in 95, beat Oakland's 5-0 in our tournament here, and lost to them my last game here in a softball outfield at Grand Canyon at an 11 noon semifinal kickoff because the West wanted it. They had no lights, so they played at 11 and 2 because of darkness. Jeez. Wow. It's early. So we we were trying to go back-to-back. I think we left Tommy nine starters, and we went to UConn, and we knew the potential of UConn, and we right. knew the stuff we had to do to raise money. Right. And stuff here. You, you, you can't do it 35 years. You, it can be done, but it's got to be fresh people. You know? Sure. But I said the deals. I said, what are you doing having me? <laughs> are you out of your mind? we taking this job. You, you, you look at these guys, you know what I mean? I get a call the next morning, right? At 6 a.m., my phone rings. I'm in the office, and I'm going to say who it is. I'll say, Mrs. Smith... How come? How come you took my son out after ten minutes yesterday? I said I told your son in the pregame talk to watch uh, Tom Jones. Tom Jones had two goals and hit the cross by nine minutes, and we lose four three in overtime. It's two nothing. And I said he's going to sit down and pour. It poured the whole day. Warm up game. I mean, it was, we were drenched. He's going to sit there the rest of this season. He's going to sit there next season, and he's going to sit there his senior year. <laughs> so you understand this. <laughs> and I said, deal. This, this mother. I don't even talk to mothers. And he transferred, thank God. But, <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting. We left Mike Pecky, Asif the guy, because I was an national player. Mm-hmm. Pecky was one of the greatest players ever played here. Gilbert Jean-Baptiste, I think he was national player of the year. And Tommy brought in some great players. But yeah. we had left a lot of Chris Hauser, MLS center back. Hauser was 6'5", Pecky was 6'3", the two center backs. We left them there. Yeah. You don't have to tell us how great Coach Lang is. He reminds us all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coach, what do, you know, you, you mentioned John Dealey. What's he meant, you know, for you in your career? Yeah, He's been with you the whole deal, ride, right? Deals. I looked up the deals in high school. We played at two rival high schools. We became friends more when he, I got here. He was my assistant here from 89 on to 96. And then he was with me at UConn from 97 to 18. Yeah, he's one of my closest friends. Real genius of the game. Real savant. Great player. Uh, great with players. Really could read the game, you know, kind of. In, in NFL, he'd be an offensive or defensive coordinator, real okay. savant to the game. I was very blessed to have him, and he was as much a part of our success as anybody. And you know, we're you know, you mentioned replacing a legend, your former athlete Chris Bondi replacing <laughs> you, a legend yeah, at not, UConn. I'm not a legend, and he he was the number one overall pick in the MLS. He's a great guy. He scored a goal in the national title game, right? Free kick, yeah. Up one nothing. Herman Trophy, National Player of the Year, three-time Big East Player of the Year, three-time All-American. We got him from Houston, kind of under the radar. Uh, warrior, you know, warrior. I mean, just hit the winning field goal to win the state championship in Texas like a 55-yarder. Really? <laughs> LSU was in on him. Now, LSU, uh, uh, Chris said, wasn't obviously LSU today, but it still was LSU football country in the SEC. Sure, yeah. He hit it with no time remaining to, to win the game, 50-some yards of field goal. Unbelievable athlete, driven, uh, played in the MLS, number one draft pick, first pick. Then he went to Scandinavia for a couple of years, had knee problems, retired a little young, 
We brought him back as a volunteer for a year. Then he went to Holy Cross for a year, year and a half. Dartmouth for three or four. Northeastern for three or four. And then when I uh, I retired, you know, I met with the AD and we put together a list. And he was on the short list. And I think he's going to be a fantastic. He's going to do a great job there. Warrior, winner, driven, family guy, understands the history. We had a saying up there. We started when I got there. It's our family against their team. He'll keep that going. Uh, I was with him yesterday at a retirement party for a friend of ours. He's a great young man, and he's going to be uber successful. Just going to be a little patient. He's got to put his imprint on the program, but he's going to be uber successful. Good to hear. What was your favorite moment at Southern Connecticut? Oh, that's I was hoping to ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> 1995. In October, we go to Franklin Pierce. We're both undefeated. It's their homecoming. Their coach has 199 career wins. Places for them packed. A lot of alcohol on the sideline. We're up one nothing with two minutes to go. The game's in the bag. We lose 2-1 in regulation. And I knew that day, now we're going to have to go back to Pierce in the NCAA tournament. We run the rest of the table. We play the first, second round. We win the games. Now we go back up to Pierce. We're going to play on a Saturday. We had turf here. The stadium was in now. We get up there on Friday. We stay at a hotel in Keene, a Holiday Inn, train. Wake up Saturday, it's like five inches of snow. The NCAA says you got to have turf as a backup, so we think we're going to play at Keene. The coach says to me, we're not, you're not playing on turf because we had turf. We don't reserve it. So we wait till Sunday. Now they're on their Thanksgiving break, week long. Still can't play. Monday, can't play. Tuesday, we play the game. We had nobody at the game. The winner goes to the final four. And the, the, the beauty was that weekend was a bye, so you had 10 days the next week. So we waited Tuesday, we played. So back then, you played 90. If it's tied, you played 215 guaranteed, 215 sudden death. I told the team, there's a lake up there. I said, we beat these guys. I'm going it now. You're talking six inches of snow. <laughs> December, like. December. Polar plunge. Thanksgiving week, like November 28th. I'm going in. We're up 2 nothing. 30 minutes to go. Shot on goal. Chris Hauser, our center back. It beats the Kozak. He punches it out. Penalty, red card. So now we're down a man. They score. They get another goal. 2-2. Two, two. Now we go to overtime. Now you got to play 15, two guaranteed. First overtime, they go 3-2. We'll play the man down now for 40, 50 minutes. First overtime, 3-2. We come back in a second overtime and tie in. 3-3. Three, three. Come in for the huddle. Start third overtime. We have the ball. Sean Moni, 6-4, Trinidadian center midfielder. Looked like a small power forward in the NBA. Got him a judge. Great guy. Says, it's over. And he says to Carlos, just go wide. I'll get you the ball. Off the kickoff, boom, back to Boney. Boney hits like a 55-yard, no exaggeration, diagonal ball to Carlos Rocha. He pulls it down. He whips it in. Cesar Santos from the side volley, game over. Now, they were undefeated, Pierce, and they thought they had us. We go nuts. Hauser tries to get back to the bench, and I'm screaming at him because now he's out for the semifinals. Idiot. And he's a good, I love the kid. I love the kid. <laughs> but he, you know, he's an idiot on that play. So now we go over to the lake. I take off my sweatshirt. I take off my sweatpants, my sneakers. I'm in a T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> Jimmy O'Brien, he comes in with me. Deals and Kiefer say, now they know we're going to go to Spartanburg or Tampa. We don't know where yet. 
we'll wait. If we win the national championship, we'll go in the water down there. Right? <laughs> we go in, and the smoke is coming off the board. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. snow of ice. They start laughing. They're watching. They get in the bus, and they drive the bus up the hill to the field house and leave us there. <laughs> <laughs> we get out. We're soaking wet, no towels, and we're walking. This is no joke. This is 15 minutes after the game. We go by the field, and it's all mud. We rip the room of the field. Everyone that plays in their program is laying face down in the mud. Mm. Like a, I know with Ukraine, I don't want to say, like a war. Yeah. They're still laying there 15 minutes later. Huh. Wow. And because it was them, you know, bad rival, big rival. We had played them. God rest his soul, Darrell Rogers. Gets high a couple years before that. Football guy, right, Michigan State, Detroit Lions, Arizona yep. State. Like, oh, oh, here we go, right? Great. Fantastic. First day he's here, we play Pierce, regular season. We beat him one nothing, 4,000 people, early October. This is not the same year, a couple years earlier. Game ends, they, they say something to one of our guys, and a, a brawl breaks out. And I mean a brawl. Gets broken up. I get the guys in the locker room. We get all men, all good kids. I start ripping them. And then I say, we got a new FNAD. He's, this is his first look at us. This is what you guys do. The door swings open. It's Daryl. <laughs> you won the battle <laughs> and you won the fight. See you on Monday. That's awesome. What do you say to your kids after that? It's 1993. You probably couldn't say that now. <laughs> but and the guys love them. Right? Oh, the guys, the guys love. Well, you get a football mentality. Right? right. The guys love them. Um, but so Franklin Pierce, you know, they came down. They played New Haven. Maybe the same year, a year later. Serious now. They played New Haven, and they wound up at Toads, and all guys had a home game at Toads, and it was almost a fight. So, you know, it was just not – that team we beat in the 4-3 game was a, was a brilliant – he would have won the whole thing. It was a brilliant team. And Todd Silogy had done a great job with them. So they just could never get past us, and we were lucky. Look, we had great players. I'm a Nick fan. Yep. It was like the 90s with the Knicks and the guy named Michael Jordan yep. playing for the Bulls. That's what the reference uh, there. We had Pecky, Hauser. Itai Moore, Gil O'Kyman, Nicky Booth, Kevin Anderson, Chris Silva, Bo Shoney, and I'm sure I'm pissing off guys listening, about 50 <laughs> other big-time guys. Right. That was the wrong era to be playing, playing us. Yeah. Were they, so, were they your biggest rival? Was Franklin Pierce your biggest was rival? Was New Hampshire College in the, like, 87? Look, 87? Coach, oh. the the New Hampshire College. Southern New Hampshire. They, they, yeah, they were, they were a big rival. One of our best players left here because he didn't like getting yelled at. Coach the was his assistant, and went there, and he went there the first year, and we beat him, and we won it all. He went in eighty after the eighty six, we beat him, and then they won in eighty eight with him. And then John Roots left and went down to some school in Georgia. Now he was, was at Boca or something, but and they didn't slip, but they weren't. Then Pierce put more and more money in. You know, Pierce was just coming in from NAIA or Division three, and Pierce, I think you know, Pierce, New Hampshire was a war. Then later, you know, this is before Dave Anderson and Tommy Poitras got there. They were at New Haven still. Our game with Pierce, my last few years here, was harder than New Hampshire, to be honest mm. with you. I mean, they, you know, their AD Bruce Kirsch was a good guy at Pierce and built it. But New Hampshire College was tough, too. Oh, we had we had wars with them. I mean, wars, we won some, we lost some. They were, and let me tell you, that was it's a, the wrong word to use, but there was a strong dislike between both soccer programs. I remember when I was at, when I was at New Hampshire, yeah. um, that was the event. It was the event to go to. We we didn't have New Hampshire didn't have a football program. 
So that was the big game every right. year. It was when whenever Southern Connecticut showed up on campus, it, you didn't you you were there. You were at the game and you probably have your 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 couches out from the apartments right next to the field and you were drinking the whole game. And I tell you, I tell you, you guys had some kind of deal because <laughs> we'd have to commute. Eventually they let us stay in a hotel. But even when we sit in a hotel or we commuted, we'd leave here and it'd be nice out. And as we got off that ninety three or three and we were like two miles river road. It was dark and gray. The sun never. Whenever we came to town, it was like gloom and doom in the town. You know? it, was, it was it was always like that, coach. It was like that sun went down in November they, and came up in May. They were good. Look, your boy. Not to change subjects, but I, I'm a basketball guy. Stanley Spear. Stan Spiro. Stan, he yeah. did Spiro. a fantastic job. Yeah. It was back then. Was, I watched them play here in the tournament with Dave Bikes' team from Sacred Heart, oh. and these teams were good. Oh. Sands team was good. Dave Bikes' team was good. Audie, when Audie had Paluzzi, and then he had the Parenti brothers. He, uh, Coach Leary had good teams here. But, uh, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Those games? John Deal, we, we all blood pressure would be boiling playing these guys, man, playing these guys. And, you know, Division Two, right? You don't, you guys know better than anybody. There's not enough administrators, so the field can be too narrow. It wasn't <coughs> cut. We couldn't cut it. You know, this is the locker room the size of this office for 35 players <laughs> and a heat blasting. Yep. And you know what? You called the commissioner of the office. I won't say who it was. A nice man, good guy. I'll look into it. But you knew he wasn't right. going to uh, get into anybody's grill. Right. It's only, And, you know, this is my paranoia, but it's only soccer. It's not basketball and football. But that, that nonsense went on all the time. All the time. We played at Seaside Park. Might have been 87. Cronin was playing in Johnny DeBriel. And I, I'll tell you two quick stories. I looked down at the bench, and there's a homeless guy drinking and the <laughs> sitting between our players. On the bench? It's <laughs> 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 Seaside Park. Right? Now, the other one is with Darrell Rogers. We get down to Tampa. I don't know if it was, I don't remember when Coach was here. We played Tampa in 92. We won it, and we lost 94 in penalties in the semis. One of those three years. So we were wearing Adidas. It's hot, hot, right? And I have an Adidas T-shirt with the old big flower on it. Of course, the NCAA didn't like the size. We had about 1,600 people at the game, no TV, and they didn't like the size of the flower. (laughs) So they're on me the whole game. And they want me to put a sweatshirt on. It's hot. I look down at the bench at Tampa, and it was a good crowd there, but it wasn't. And there's this blonde guy, you know, young guy, 25-year-old guy sitting I walk down and say, excuse me, Sarah. I think he says, focus. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I played for Coach Rouse in college. I'm Steve DeBerg. I'm the quarterback for the Buccaneers. He said it would be okay to come. Steve, just stay in the bench. <laughs> just stay in the bench, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so they were with my logo, but the guy sitting out for the crowd yeah, sitting right. the bench during the game. <laughs> yeah. I got one, Coach. So I'm at all the games. Now, this is a general soccer question. I'm at all the games, and, you know, I asked Coach Lang this, too, when he came on the podcast. What is the deal with all the flopping nowadays? <laughs> now, I know it's gamesmanship, and you're an old-school guy, but I want your opinion. I want your opinion. Well, look, they're doing it, right, they're doing it uh, aren't they whacking guys in the NBA? Oh, yeah. yeah. Col- this college ba- college this basketball is the signal the too. College yeah. basketball's yeah. I just wanted your opinion on it. At, at the pro level, you got good referees. But in the college level, like high school, you can you can get guys to switch. Guys will make calls. They're you know so they fake it. Yeah. It's wrong. I we don't tell guys to do it. Yeah. All right. And then I got another quick hitter. So this is a Twitter question that someone wanted me to ask you. A UConn alum. They wanted. They asked about the boot room. Now I don't know how many listeners yeah. who aren't soccer yeah. people know about what a boot room. They ask? 
No, they just asked, you They're know, was there it. a boot room? You know, we don't have one at Southern. Oh, no, there's a boot room in the stadium. Our new stadium. Uh, uh, you come, come out of the. We got to get one at you Southern. Come out of the practice field and you come into the boot room and that leads you into the locker room. Yeah, tell, tell the audience about the boot room. A little, little yeah, history it's, behind it's it. It's a guy know. where guys, can, guys leave their cleats. Yeah. So you don't bring them in the locker room on the rugs and hang them there and you air them out. So it's right off our game field. Our game field, we practice turf. You know, we want to grass, but that's for another story. <laughs> um, but it's turf, so we train on it. So you come in, go right into the room, boot room. And it's not a big room, but you hang your boots on pegs in number order. And then we go into the locker room. Yeah, we have a boot room. We're lucky. That's awesome. There you go. Malakowski, in case you're listening. So I know you've listened to our podcast at least 50 times, so you, you know what comes up next. <laughs> yes, we, um, that's my favorite segment. We do with every guest what's called a rapid fire round. Oh, what are you, Michael K? So, yeah. So we're, fly high. So we're going <laughs> to Man, that's the first person yeah, who knew. I right. ripped that off from Michael K. Right. <laughs> so uh, Jay is going gonna, is gonna to fly some question at you. First thing pops into your head, that's the answer. Okay. So, Jay, we're on your cue, Jay, whenever you're ready. Favorite thing about Southern? Family. Family atmosphere from guys who work with you, guys who played with you. You know, uh, family atmosphere. Favorite meal in New Haven? Old days, 500 breaks, Blake Street. They had a great steak. I wish. I heard it was great. I oh, wish I got to yeah. try it. Favorite TV channel? ESPN. Favorite movie? It's a tough one. Yeah, I'll give you a couple. That's fair. I'll in take the, a couple. In the old days, and we found that there was a generation gap, and we showed the team this 15 years ago, Pulp at Greenwich Village with Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts. Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. Heat with Soprano and De Niro. Uh, the Departed and The Town. Okay. All, all great <laughs> movies. I love everyone who <laughs> speak the same language, Coach. All yeah. great movies. Pulp at Greenwich Village is, is a very under-the-radar movie. Well, I got to watch that. that. Phenomenal. I got to watch that. One of the best lines in Heat, right? De Niro's the L.A. cop. Excuse me. Pacino's the L.A. cop. De Niro's name Neil. He's the bank robber. And John, I think John Point says to him, look, about Pacino, whatever. Pacino's name was, I don't know what it was, but say it was Sam. Look, Sam's on his third marriage. That's not because he's in bed and I sleep and he's out chasing guys like you. <laughs> he can afford to miss you. You can't afford to miss it. <laughs> Third marriage, he's out chasing guys yeah. like you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Top five soccer players of all time. You like know, greatest, the greatest. Don't ask me about Southern. Cause no, I, no, 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 no. This is not Southern. Guy. Just the greatest. Messi. Pele. Maradona. Beckenbauer. One more. Maybe Salah right now from Liverpool. There you go. Did you ever hear the time that Tom Lang got a pass from uh, Pele? Pele, did you ever tell that story? He's only told us 500 oh, times. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, best we advice. Had, we, had, oh, we had Coach Lang on the show. We sat here just like this, recorded the whole show for 35, 40 minutes. It didn't record. The lost episode. It was corrupted. I'm sure he liked that. Oh yeah, and I, as and happy I was, as he can be. And, and I walked up, and I walked up to him and I said, "If there was anybody we did not want to do this to, he was great about it." Uh, he's though. a patient he, guy, isn't he? He, yeah. so oh, yeah. he wrote. He yeah. wrote. He got his in though when we got when we did the second yeah. time. He zinged me a few times. I, I knew it was coming. Best advice anyone's ever given you. I think Coach the Cranian kind of two things about working hard mm -hmm. and how important loyalty is. And to me, loyalty is everything. 
you know, two ways. It's a two-way street with loyalty. I love that. Last one, just like Michael K. If you were trapped in a foxhole, who would you want to help you get out? My mother. Love that answer. I got, I got everything good and bad from her. She's 85 and she's tough. She's tough. She's still not speaking to me because she had to find out through the media that Chris Bondi got the job. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just, uh, she's his agent. I'm supposed to let her know ahead of time. She'd come to me after games. And they could the crowd at UConn and be like, you know, uh, Brian White didn't play. They're asking me what's wrong with him. I said, yeah, just tell him, don't worry about it. If they see him on the field next Wednesday, he's playing. Right. I don't, I don't need to know any of that stuff, Ma. Oh, that's awesome. Last that's thing for me. Awesome. Coach, I just want you to, you know, let all the audience know about uh, your podcast, For the Love of the Game. Yeah. Ralph Perez, long story short, head coach now at Redlands College, Redlands University, was the assistant for the 90 World Cup. Been with the Olympic team, the under-20s, that finished fourth in Barcelona in 88. Long-time assistant for the Metro Stars and then the LA Galaxy. He's from my hometown. I didn't know Ralph. His brother was my guidance counselor, 7th, 8th, and 9th, my high school coach. In fact, I mean, a big way to talk about his brother. 1995, I'm at Southern Connecticut. We go up and play Lowell, and then I scout New Hampshire, and I get back to my apartment at West Haven at night, no cell phone. I spoke to Coach Perez, Ray Perez, in the morning. Fit as a fiddle. Guy just ran six miles. Played basketball that night, dropped dead of a heart attack, 45 years old. Went down to the wake and funeral that weekend on this Friday night and Saturday, and I met Ralph. We've become like brothers, and we're doing a podcast for the love of the game. It'll be another month. Right now we've um, we've recorded with Taylor Twelman. We'll be doing Lexi Lyles next week, Kobe Jones, Carly Lloyd, uh, J.P. Della Camera. We've got commitments from Jurgen Klinsman, Bruce Arena, Bobby Bradley, Greg Berhalter, um, Becky Burley. Uh, we're going to try to get Hope Solo. Um, and we're going to do it every week. We're going to release one every week. It'll be on Spotify, Google, iHeart, Apple, I guess. Probably Once we have 10 or 15, we're just going to do one a week. And hopefully we'll have enough and go right through Qatar, the World Cup in December. Uh, we're hoping to, we're hoping it's informational for people. It's people, all different parts of the game, broadcasting, coaching, players, World Cup guys. You know, We're going to do a lot of the former guys as we get closer to Qatar in the fall. And that'll be out, you know, I'm hoping end of April, beginning of May. We've got, when Lexi's done Tuesday, we've got five, but our editor is cutting them all up. Oh, Jurgen Klinsmann's on. He's committed. We're trying to get him pinned down right now. And Tony Miola. Awesome. Tony Miola's also on. We just got to get them, uh, their dates. But once we have 10, 12 of them, and we have the right balance of people that we want, we will let it out. And um, we're going we're gonna to let the Southern Connecticut people know, and hopefully they can share it on their, I'm not a great social media guy, <laughs> so uh, hopefully they can share it on their social media for us and, I, I really want to thank you guys for having me. Um, been a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, I'm very, very lucky to have spent so much time here and been surrounded with great people, and it's good to be with you three and Chris Barker and know that the Kelly Frazanelli place is in real good hands. Uh, and, and with Joe Hines to a certain degree. Like, <laughs> only kidding, I like, Joe. I like how oh, we left him last. Only kidding, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, owe everything I have in the world to this place. So thank you. Well, I, I think thank I speak you, for all of us in saying that we really appreciate this and you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come down here and hang out with us for you know an hour or so and uh, you know let us ask you a bunch of questions and pick your brain about everything Southern and, and everything else. So we we really appreciate you spending the time with us and uh, 
you know, we're glad that we can help promote the uh, John DeBrito Memorial Dinner f- uh, Fund dinner, along with uh, the freshman and sophomore engagement that you're going to be speaking at. So, thank you very much. So, th- it's been awesome. You got to get a kick guy on the uh, podcast, an equipment manager. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review. Owl yeah. or nothing podcast out. Out. It's awesome. Great job today.